this is Kenya, and welcome to my magical cottage car life. Today, we're going to talk about something that happens this time of year, and not so much here, but more so along the line of where my Northwest Pacific friends live. Now, I have every kind of person you could imagine that could possibly be listening to this podcast. I do know I have some indigenous listeners here, some First Nation people, but I can't tell exactly where you're from all the time for every episode. So if you're from the Pacific Northwest, maybe, you know, tap them on the shoulder because this episode might be interesting to them. That being said, I want to share this information as far as a look into another aspect of the world with the people who don't know about it. So open up your big book of stuff and turn to the section on learning indigenous food practices. Because today we're going to talk about herring eggs. Let's get started. Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Kit Kalestow, the Chicken Yogi. Are you someone who doesn't fit into neat boxes when it comes to your health and wellness? Tired of being buried in things you should do and not sure how to get started? Are you ready to discover the joy of free range wellness? Kit Kalestow the chicken yogi, is passionate about radical wellness for those who aren't one-size-fits-all people. Whether you're neurodivergent, chronically ill, or just tired of being fed the same old suggestions and advice, you're welcome at Chicken Yogi. Discover what happens when you blend mental, physical, and energetic health on your own terms. Visit chickenyogi.com for more information. That's www.chickenyogi.com. And now, back to the show. So herring eggs are also known as herring roe. And before you start saying, are these like Easter eggs and there's like someone dressed as a giant herring that brings eggs? Um, no, that is not what's going on. I'm talking about the eggs that are laid by herring fish. You know, herring mommies. You know, when the mommy and the daddy get together and she lays her eggs and the dad, well, you know, this is not that kind of podcast right now. So we're not going to get into what happens. But it's a wonderful time during nature when the eggs are out there because 
herring eggs are where we get baby herring. And I'll let your parents explain that just in case you're a little one listening to this. I try to watch out for my pudding people and my stroller citizens. Now at first glance, you might be a little confused as to what that is, what it looks like. Because for most of us, when we think of roe, we think of red roe from salmon. And we think of uh, beluga caviar from sturgeon. Or maybe even trout roe. Which I would like to take this time to point out, even though I'm married to a fisherman, I have no interest in consuming roe. None whatsoever. You could put down some caviar in front of me right now, and I'm not going to eat it. It's just not something that I am interested in at this time, nor have I been in the past. Who knows what would happen in the future, but really, it's not my thing. But we have so much row in this house, it's not even funny. But I digress. So in the beginning, you might not know what it is. You might even think it looks like little bubbles of yellow wax but it's not those are salmon roe eggs which was a which was the same thing roe and eggs but you get my point you know i don't want to row my boat into double positives you get it row my boat salmon roe okay that was a stretch but what's happening is the fish are laying their eggs on the little submerged branches I know it looks like it's just bumpy seaweed, but you know, anywhere there's submerged twigs or pine, really pine a lot, um, in that water, they're laying their eggs there and they've been doing it just about since the beginning of time. One of the ways that some people like to enjoy herring eggs is with seal oil. So now you know we're going very far to the west and to the north if we're talking about seals. Enjoy it with herring eggs. And one way that you can kind of almost like farm it is that you can submerge those pine trees into the water to the bottom of the ocean so that they can lay it there. But of course we're not talking about the big, big ocean. We're talking about areas that are accessible. Um, So I guess it wouldn't be the bottom of the ocean, but into the water. And then you would retrieve it, and now you've got your eggs. And one thing I can say, I know that certain things are a delicacy. And delicacy usually means something you have to be born enjoying as you grow up. So for me, that wouldn't be something that I'm interested in, that I know of. But who knows, maybe if I started eating it, I would like it. I do have some indigenous and First Nation friends that swear that this is so tasty. So I'm going to take your word for it. Something else you need to know. It's not that there's this giant log that is pulled up with these giant ropes and everything. That's that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is 
like branches, like big branches are put down there and the eggs coat the branches all over the place. It's kind of like, I mean, how can I explain this? Okay, you know how coral branches out or how twigs branch out. And when it's super cold here in Michigan, and I don't know where you are, but if you're in Michigan, if there's an ice storm, then the branches get completely encased in ice and maybe some snow. Well, think about instead of that image of all these little branches of pine uh, being covered in ice, they're covered in a yellowish, just really thick coating of tiny little eggs. That's what it's going to look like. clear when I say that we're putting, uh, well, they're putting in pine branches and trees into the water. It's not just pine. Uh, actually, more likely it's hemlock. And I don't mean hemlock as far as the lookalike in the meadows here in the Midwest. As we know, hemlock here, not the water hemlock that looks like watercress, I mean the hemlock here that looks like Queen Anne's Lace, is very very bad um, for us it can kill us that's why we look for the red uh, markings on the stem like Socrates blood that's why when we're looking for Queen Anne's lace we have to be so meticulous because you have to remember the Queen has hairy legs we look for that hairy stem and then a little drop of blood but again or that purple center but this is not the same hemlock uh, when I'm talking about the hemlock for the herring eggs um, or the quackness I'm talking about for the uh, fish, for the trees. I'm going to try to say that word again. I'm having the most difficult uh, trouble, but I'm doing my best. Quackness. So, um, I'm going to have a link also in this episode so that you can go directly to someone saying the word of the herring eggs so that you are saved from my butchering of the word. wait until I see a crocus blooming out here when I call it true spring not just when it pops up but when it's really blooming that's my sign for spring I associate it that way but if I lived over there on the other side of the country on the the northwest pacific side I would probably see the herring egg harvest as the time to say it's really and truly thoroughly spring because this is like sweet corn here in the summer. I mean, it's just the sign of spring is when they come. And from what I'm seeing, a lot of people are getting a bumper crop. I'm going to be fair here and I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not going to tell you where to find them. I'm not giving you addresses to personal pages from First Nation people. Because that's not information that I'm permitted to share. But what I can say, you can sometimes buy them commercially as well, or find barter and trade sites on your own. Why am I doing that? Because oftentimes when the dominant culture here in the United States 
winds up finding something quote-unquote exotic or difficult to find, they exploit it. They cannot just be happy with getting enough. It turns into a situation of being greedy. And that's not what that's supposed to be about. If we're really trying to be good stewards and we're really trying to decolonize our diet in some cases, in other cases live in harmony with the land, one of those things we have to do is learn not only how to eat in accordance with our bodies and in accordance with the land, but to not take from people who are here who are continuing their lifestyles and their ways and not try to exploit it. So if you decide to learn more about this, it probably would be best for you to go online and search the information for yourself. That may lead you to a rabbit hole of appreciation for different foods that are from here. I'm not saying herring eggs are not eaten elsewhere. Of course they are. But I'm talking about springtime here. This is when they're they're ready to go. If you're going to eat guacmas, um, out one more time, guacmas, then definitely do it now. If you're in that area and you can find an ethically sourced uh, supply, They generally last about two or three days in the refrigerator, from my understanding, and you can eat them directly out of the water, or you can dip them a couple of minutes in the hot water. Just don't don't overcook them. And again, you can always make them into other uh, foods, like a little bit of uh, bread. I don't have that recipe to share with you. I'm also going to take a moment to say that that is not the only way to say herring eggs in an indigenous language. I've been using Kukmas for this whole episode, but it's not the only way. There's also... There's also... I hope you'll take this episode uh, to heart and give yourself the opening to learn more about what people here eat. Not just one of the societies that inhabit this land, but all of the societies that inhabit this land. Turtle Island's pretty large, and there are so many cultures and foods here that have been here for millennia. It's good that we learn new things and embrace other diets, even if it's just to learn about them. But keep in mind, what's good for your body may not be good for someone else's, and vice versa. So get to know yourself, as well as others, and your lineage. You may find that switching your diet up a little bit might make all the difference in the world. Just like switching up your viewpoint on what's supposed to be food and what's not can change your world as well. And I like talking about different ways to view the world with my friends, and we're friends, right? 
you decide to try Gokmas, let me know. And if you are understanding what I'm saying and my pronunciation is driving you insane, I am so sorry. But everything's gonna sound like it has a Detroit accent from me. I look forward to hearing more about my listeners, and I hope you have a chance to contact me and tell me what you're doing this spring, what foods you're enjoying. I also look forward to seeing you here next time on my Magical Cottagecore Life.